Uh, welcome to Two Idiots and an Expert. Nice. Episode 10. I'm Lee. No, episode 9. No, episode 10. No, it's not. It's 9. Yeah, last week was episode 9. Is it really? Adam, the real first man. This is not episode 10, is it? Episode 10! Wow. Look at that, boys. We did it. We're at 1,700 <laughs> downloads. I can't do numbers this morning. No. It says last week, episode 9, yeah. I looked okay. it up. That's okay. why. I, that's why I waited before we started. Right. I, and welcome to the podcast, listeners. It's nice of you to come join us this morning on Sunday. We've already had some movement upstairs. That's important. Yes. Episode ten. Are you gonna lose your mind? No. You're gonna good. stop and be like, ah, and start yelling at people. No, I'm comfortable with it. If, that, if we are a new listener to this week, my name is Lee, and this is Cops. Yeah. And uh, we're your guides on this tr- this this um, journey. Magical journey. Magical journey to knowledge and thought. To nonsense. Let me see that again. Yeah. Magical journey to nonsense and thought. Correct. All right. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, had a nice couple days. What about you? How was your weekend? Weekend was great. Uh, again, quality time with the kids, quality time with the wife, Lisa. That's important. Yeah. Uh, I took a nice big walk yesterday. You did? It was up the hill from all the way up to Ferris. Okay. At work. Really? It was work. My heart was pounding at the top. I thought I was going to... From a walk? It's a, it's like this, it's a steep hill, like the end. Okay. It's not, it should be pounding? <laughs> I mean, from a walk, pounding? No. When was the last you time? You might want to get checked. <laughs> you might want to go to a quick doctor's appointment. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, you should feel it, but it shouldn't be like pounding. Like yeah, pounding out of your chest? I didn't feel like I was having a heart attack, but okay. it was like, you know. I'm scared there. Yeah, how's your coffee, by the way? By the way, thank you for this coffee. Lee bought coffee for the podcast. For a local spot. I'm, it, was, it was a rough wake up this morning. I look up and it's 8.45 and I'm in bed. I'm like, I want to stay in bed till 12. Yeah. But I cannot. No. Because I have responsibilities. And the pod is one of them. Two cops, two you listeners, to myself to follow through yes. on something. I do follow through on many things, but this is another thing. Today, it's not like I can get up and be like, text you and be like, oh, my stomach hurts, my tummy hurts, I can't come over. No. no. What I do is I pull up my, my, my clothes, took a shower, yep. took a dump, took a shower, went, I was like, I need a really strong coffee. Well, you, well that would be your second. Cause so you hold, on, hold on, hold on, I'll get there in a second. Okay. So, I had to get a strong coffee. Good. And they're like, you have three sizes. I could have got a bigger size, but this is the middle one. This is, uh, we went for cold brew, and she gave me a holder, so my hands were cold, because it's cold outside. Where is this place? It's at the end of Pleasant Valley, Blue Hippo on the left, and Mill uh, Verona. Okay, and they're and they're coffee experts. I mean, they're pretty good. I don't yeah. know where they get their coffee from. I don't know if they're experts, but the coffee's pretty. Okay, good. great, love it. Um, and then I came here and got you coffee, and then I took another dump. Yes, because the coffee started hurting my tummy. Correct. I would rather be in bed. We've come full circle. Yes. So that is, I mean, listen, and I started Wonder Woman on Friday. I got through an hour. Didn't finish it yet. Have to go back. Um, had some stuff going on. I find that. You know, now you watch movies at home more than theaters like this, a big event movie. I was distracted. I paused it five times in the middle. Really? Like, you can't pause it at the theater. Yeah. So it's no. a whole different experience. So, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, Lisa and I watched a movie last night. It was with George Clooney. I think it's like one, like it's like number one on Netflix. I see it. Yeah. It's, okay. It was interesting. You know, nothing great. I'm not setting any records with it. Went to a friend uh, fire pit last night. I had a fire pit at my house on Christmas Eve. No, it was the day before Christmas Eve, Wednesday night. That was nice seeing people. It was warmer last week, so it was all right. Yep. Um, I don't know. I feel pretty good, I guess. I don't know what else is going on. I don't want to talk about it. My notes suck today. No, I listen, I think your notes are great. You always say nice things. You're no, just the, a nice guy. You no, no, the, the notes, truth. Uh, no, the notes are great, and I'll tell you why they're great. Oh. Because sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is 
are. So we're over 1,700 downloads. Which is amazing. Amazing. Thank you, listeners. Um, last week, we just talked about uh, this week's New Year's. So I was thinking, as I was taking a dump before. You know what I like seeing, though, okay. when I go through the stats on our, um, on mm-hmm. our BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. is that our first episode keeps on getting larger, which means that we're getting new listeners, I think. Yes, or yes, but they're not really. Yeah, they're continuing. It's. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it keeps growing up. It keeps growing, or they listen and they stop. Okay, I mean, I'm not sure how the whole thing works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how they chart. The first episode has 423 downloads. Yes, I know, but the next one only has 219. No, but my that only has 159, and so on and so forth. There's a couple 180s in there. Yeah, 70s. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that I think we keep on getting not, new listeners. It's not like it keeps going. Like they start the first, and numbers, all the numbers are going up. Maybe they are. I'm not sure. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That that would be much more work than I want to put into this. Yeah, yeah, way too much. Numbers. Too um, much bandwidth. This week is New Year's. Uh, many of you listening, and maybe you don't listening. We used to do parties on New Year's. We did like what? Three? Three-ish out of four years, maybe? When we used to do parties, year. we used to throw the parties. We, we were the event planners. We were like a party thrower. Yes. With another person. and A lot uh, of work. It's a lot of work. We worked hard. hard. We always had to beg people to come. I don't know why. It was always like, you know, break even is 150 people, and we'd be, I'd be trying to beg the last 100, you know, 149, 150. Yeah. Beg. But I think we always, we, it was always a, a success. We always. Everyone had fun. Everyone had fun. It's we broke even. We never took a really a no, hit. No, we didn't no. take hits. But again, we had to rent a hall. We had to get a DJ. It we had to get fun. all the food. We Some had to get all the booze. stories of DJs. Yeah, yeah. We, it was good. Ordering food. We had fun. That was, yeah. I thought of, someone mentioned to me last night. They're like, remember your parties? And I'm like, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you going to do this year for New Year's? <sighs> again, I think I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Keep it at home. I, I'm not really looking to do I anything. What the weather's going to be like? Fire pit would be cool. It would be. I mean, I'm not really. I wasn't always a crazy New Year sort of guy. Like I had to go somewhere do but something. But I'm just saying, a fire pit would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I gotta look at the weather. You got any like a uh, New Year's resolution stuff you're do, working on? I don't do New Year's resolutions. Oh, we did something funny at the fire. Our fire pit huh. the other night. One, I gave one of the guys I, I hang uh, in my bubble. I gave okay. one of the guys a my journal. Oh, that's right. You told me about your journey. And he was reading. He was reading. He was just randomly reading pages. Most of it's scribble, and he couldn't understand. Right. But I was thinking about pitching you an idea, a new segment. Okay. Lee's journal entry of the week, read by someone different. I just get them to record it on like a voice file. Unless it's someone like a celebrity reading it, and no interest. <laughs> okay, interesting. I just thought it'd be fun. I just okay. I mean, because I don't know if people. I mean, like, I woke up. Took a shit, drank coffee. Like the stuff that's I'm gonna I'm gonna give you not two. so interesting. Part of my pitch is editorialize it a little bit. Oh, okay, is to say that um, the boring stuff we won't read and the ultra ultra personal stuff. And you know what? Forget the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Forget it. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it's gonna work. Right, moving, on. moving on. Moving um, on. Wait, so you're not into New New Year's resolutions at all? Because I know people are. Like people join gyms. Well, not not joining a gym, but people have these. I always found it. Weird and a little bit ironic that you have to wait to New Year's in order to set a resolution for yourself. Like I'm going to now lose weight. I'm going to be more active. I'm going whatever you decide you're going to do. Why wait to New Year's? I don't like. Why not just I say don't set goals? So I don't even think of New Year's. As I got you. So I don't know. I should set goals, but setting goals is probably more important than resolutions. 
they say goal setting is really important and writing things down. I'm not really big. I, I try to start. I've always, I used to like, let's, I used to say start my week. I'm going to have a good week. Right. Eating healthy, whatever, wellness, doing right. something for myself. I'm going to start small. I always say I start Monday. Yeah, but so I, will, I, like I think that. on Saturday I'm going to start Monday. But then I wake up Sunday morning, sometimes, most times, and be like, right. why am I pushing this off till tomorrow? Sunday morning just as good a day to start. Right. Start right now. Right. I could have started Saturday night when I had the thought in my head. I'm starting right now. There's no waiting for tomorrow. Tomorrow may never happen. Right. So, so I, even though I don't do resolutions, I try to like play with that mind game with myself. I don't know. Like I know people who will actually wait. Like they'll say, like no, it'll be like in November, and they'll say, "Well, I'm going to wait until the New That's Year's insane. to start." That's out. insane. Like as if there's like a start button that happens New Year's for you know January first that now you can start, which I think is crazy. Can you please off mic tell me who that is because I think they're insane. I will That's tell you insane. off mic. That's insane because, like, what, you're gonna say, I don't like February twenty, you know, nineteenth. You're like, I'm gonna wait till New Year's, and yeah, pretty no! much. No, I know. It's, start that. No, dude, insanity. I'll tell do, you off mic. Do you do that? No, I understand. <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> it's Lisa. No, no. Um, I, I what's it called? I don't. I again, I find it weird. Also, I'm like, being like New Year's isn't really New Year's to me. It's like just another. It's like a new year. It's not like a. I don't know. I just fight through life. I think the people same are way. looking for like a reset button, and they're like, "Okay, it's 2021, so now it's like a reset, and now I'll start something fresh and new." And months do- is better, I think. Like if you're really in, a, in something, like you should be like, "I'm gonna, I need to start. I need a starting point for myself. I'm gonna do something, start something." Right. This is just this is my advice to people out there. All this right. is like a Steve moment. All right. I think if I put it behind my own music, like if you have headline music, okay, yeah. go. That of like a violin playing. Yeah, there. something. That if you want to do <laughs> Perfect. If you want to do something, just do it. Like don't wait. Don't wait a month. Don't wait a week. Don't wait a year. If you want to change something or do something, just do it. Alright, continue. Well, I mean, just do it. That's a good line. Thank you. I'm gonna write that one down. I'm gonna I'm a trademark. <laughs> Just do it. Don't. It's you're not. I uh, yeah. I don't know what else we got today. I, I think that's about it. I mean, people. I don't know. I'm. I'm I don't have headlines. I don't have headlines. No, no. I mean, listen. I think that we had, we had a great response from last week's episode. Yeah, but it's not pe- in the numbers. It's only ninety two down. No, 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 no. no, no. A great. The people that I spoke to love the interview. They love learning about that world, the sideshow world. Like my brother called me, Mike. And we were talking about it, and what we liked about it, or what he liked about it, um, was that, again, no one really knows about, you know, like, sideshows, and is it real, is it not real? And he found it very interesting, and he was like, I liked that episode a lot. He liked the Kenny Santucci one. Yeah. So I think we're heading in the right path. We're doing right. You yeah. know, we got some stuff behind the scenes we're working. Um, I didn't say at the top of the show, this is episode 10, well, I did say that. And so we had a whole argument about congratulations. it. Congratulations. And uh, this week's expert, I should mention... Yes. Took, what? Nine minutes? How long are we into this? What about Corey's idea of the week? We didn't get there yet. Okay. Yeah, Ari Nagel. I usually say I try. I was thinking about a couple different. What's he an expert in? He's an expert in having kids. Lots of them. Okay. All right. The Sperminator. Yes. I thought of a couple of good. I'm trying to work on the uh, the title. I had a couple of ideas. No, the Sperminator. One woman on one of his pieces, uh, his like interviews that he did, Doctor Drew, she called him the Robin Hood of fertility. 
I like the Sperminator. That was good, too. It says it all, but that's true. But can we talk about how we got to the Sperminator? We'll get there in a second. Okay. We'll get there in a second. Let me talk about the presenting sponsor of the week. Yep. Uh, Cafe Joe is, uh, it's a, it's, coffee isn't just a drink, it's a culture. It's a lifestyle, it's a ritual. Cafe Joe has built their business on respect for coffee as an experience that shapes and defines your day. Cafe Joe wants to make the experience even better. That's why they're committed to crafting and sharing the best of what nature has to offer through beverages and foods that deliver in many ways. You'll notice the difference. Not only how their products taste, but how they make you feel. Maximize health, happiness, and productivity at affordable prices. Seems too good to be true, but it's not. Cafe Joe's premium coffee is available in espresso-compatible capsules, K-cups recured, and whole bean coffee. So you can enjoy Israel's most popular coffee in your own home. They even have coffee-based spice rubs. Go to CafeJoe.com, and special this week continues. 35% will automatically be applied at checkout. Welcome to the Cafe Joe family. Thank you, Cafe Joe, for being with us. We appreciate you. Um, I'm still waiting for the product so I can use it and have fun with it. Yep. But it'll get here eventually, and fine. Right. So we so we have coffee every single episode. We yeah. have our coffee mugs for sale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have those things. Yeah. Um, so we can't wait. As soon as we get Cafe Joe, we will be using their coffee. Yes. Um, in this thing. Um, and oh, one more thing. Once we're ready with this whole sort of Cafe Joe kind of sponsor, you'll be able to get a promo code, a 20% off, if you use the Two Idiots 20, and we'll get to that when, that, when it shows up. Um, I I did want to say, also I should have said at the top of the show when you first started recording, Yeah. Um, is that this this episode will have mature topics that may be listening by kids and in front of kids, you may be uncomfortable. It I is don't called, think we need to do the, I, we don't need to do that anymore. No, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I know, but this one's a little more. I want to call it. Oh, out. okay. Okay. Call it, this is this is extra. Is I mean, Jackson Morello still listening? I don't know. It's on his Spotify. Oh, I don't okay. Know. He might. Who knows? I think I talked to him about it already. Um. All right. So the core idea of the week. Yes. Uh, is this show's guest? Yep. Uh, Ari Nagel, also AKA the Sperminator. Yep. I wonder how how many people we can have on the podcast that they use AKA in their name. Filthy, AKA Berkman Raw. Ari Nagel, AKA the Sperminator. I mean, we. That's a talent right there. That is. People with AKs. But, but I, I, I don't know if he, I don't know if it's self-proclaimed. I think it's just, it was given that name. He said in a couple interviews that, oh. he was given that, he's whatever, it's stuck. But right. he, he was thinking about, he made a joke about like the inseminator. Funny. That's pretty funny. Actually. The masturbator. Ooh, got it. Yeah. And this is, and this is when like the rabbi shuts off the podcast. Right <laughs> now. Click. It's off. Um... Didn't think of it that way. But good point. Um, so yeah, having Ari Nagel on the on the pod, it was it was um, Corey's idea. Yep, you loved it. Yep, I loved it. I reached out to him on Facebook, and as we're going to learn, he's very available. Well, I mean, I'm more ways than one. Well, okay, so that was one. Like of his Co- sperm is available. That was one of Corey's. He had Corey had two actually. Well, this was a couple months ago. So I reached right. out. We set it up. Yep. So thank you, Corey. Thank you, Corey. Corey, I may want to change his name in this episode to Corey's idea. No, Corey's the best. Okay, um, he's like he told me he's like he's appreciate he wanted to do that. He also said this week that we should have holiday decorations, like Christmas decorations, like a little Christmas tree, and that one of us should have dressed up as Santa and one of us should have dressed up as an elf. I don't know. I think I would have been the elf. <laughs> I don't know if that would have made sense, but I uh, I, I didn't really like this idea. Okay, listen. Yeah, because you know why? No one oh. sees us. So it would just be us dressed up, looking at each other, dressed up, looking weird. I mean, I guess our guest, our expert... Take a picture. Yeah. We could do um, that, you know, without having to dress up and spend, you know, an hour and a half or two hours dressed as an elf. Um, 
I didn't have any headlines because I couldn't find anything funny. Uh, a couple shows that I missed from last week, as honorable mentions, uh, uh, or possibly unorthodox, was excellent. Did you watch that? I did watch it. Watch it with Lisa. What'd you think? I, I thought it was good. I she mean, she was amazing. The actress, the, the actress work. is great. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I think it's a topic that you know it's very controversial. It's you know especially because it hits home a little bit more. Why um, you left the summer? Yes, <laughs> and Lisa, Lisa and I were Breslov. <laughs> Um, you left the Hassans? No, 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 no. Not because of that. Just because, you know, it. when you watch things like that, you're like, it's kind of cultish. And I don't want to go back into the whole cult conversation again. It, it's not, I mean. Oh, I mean, it is. Dude, it's I crazy. thought you were going a different way with this. I mean, like, you're embarrassed. Like, No, no, no I'm not embarrassed at all. I, it's just, you watch it's it. And extreme. Like, it's extreme. Yeah, but it's cult. But the, I was a story about her leaving and her growing. And it was, she was great. I don't know. I'm yeah. not, I don't write too much. Whatever. I'm not that <clears throat> upset with it. You were pretty uh, uh, emotional at the time. You're, I remember that now. Yeah. You were pretty upset about how it was. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I, I just think it, 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 it. You watch it and you're like, if. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Are Amish cults? No. Uh, it, that sort of no. It, it, anything that like you become a heretic or you become ostracized starts to play into the world of cult. Like when you What's start, the, like if you if you decide, do you think all religions are cults? No, I just think that like uh, you know when you start getting too intense. It starts conversations borderline. Yeah, it is. Let's move on. Um, the Outsider was a remake of a Stephen King on a, a book on HBO. It was excellent. It was very good. Everyone should watch that. Dark season three. German subtitles, sci-fi, time travel, bonkers. Really? Okay. You need a notepad. Really? Legal pad. Not even like a little notebook. You need a big legal pad so you take notes because there's a whole intertwining. Right. Lisa and I watched this movie called, um, or series called Broadchurch. Broadchurch first season is good. Yeah. Oh, you the, saw it. The American or the British? Uh, I guess it's British. It was actually very interesting. Both British. I don't I know. think it's American and British. You saw the British one. British one. Yeah, the first half season's very good. Have you very seen the good. second? No. Uh, is there a second season? There might be a second half, third. Don't see. All right, okay. Not good. Um, okay, cool. So I think cool. that's good. Um, let's talk about this week's topic. Yep. Um, I wrote down a couple things here. Expert and sperm donation? I don't know. Yeah, so, so I... Expert, let me, let me just... Yeah. Expert in fathering children? Don't know. Expert in having super sperm. He's got like power of spurt. Like he, see, I don't know about that. He's got a high batting average. No, but I don't know. Meaning, if uh, I don't think that he's an expert in that, because like I think if uh, maybe your sperm is super sperm or my sperm is super no, sperm. No. Like I don't, I don't think it, I don't, no. the fact that this guy has. I think how many children? Seventy plus. Yeah. Seventy plus. I want to say seventy-two or seventy-three. I mean, we'll find out the exact. I know he's got like twenty in the work. Seventy-three right now. and sixteen. Curly brand. Seriously, right, right, right. So this guy will That's be hitting bananas. He'll be hitting the hundred mark. Heck yeah! Right. So let's just give. Let's okay, let's just talk about Ari Nagel for what we as idiots know. So you and I went into a little bit of a deep dive on Ari Nagel, and we watched. He was on uh, Doctor Drew. He was on Mari Povich. He was on um, New York Post. Did uh, the doctors? Are these the cover of the post? I couldn't find the cover shot. We had to ask him. No, but New York posted. I mean, if you YouTube or Google Ari Nagel, you will see a ton of stuff on this guy. Ton. So you and I, before we were going to have this interview, decided to kind of deep dive on him. And I mean, I was blown away by it. That's why I'm excited about this <laughs> interview. You like that? Um, but I really am looking forward to this because I have a hard enough time with five kids. I could imagine the thought of having seventy-three kids. 
And there's all these ramifications with that. Religion and friends and how you're viewed in society. And whether, you, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Are you a hero or a villain? I mean, this is kind of fascinating, to me at least. And I think it's going to be fascinating to our listeners. Um, but you, you did a good job right there. I did, That's right? a good job. Thanks. Nice man. word. I wrote down... Uh, hero or villain? That's very interesting. Think yeah. of that way. I mean, oh, well, I'm going to ask him. You're going to, you're going to. I'm guessing I support this. You do? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because blow, you can blow him away. No, I don't know about that. But, oh my god, it's twice. Um, no, I'm more fascinated again and interested by the fact that like when you take on this role, because after you have like five or after you have ten, like what is enough? Like is a hundred enough or two hundred enough? Like that's what I mean. Like. I don't know, man. It's I, I, I am speechless. And I may, listeners, this may be a, a, a lee, a light lee. No such thing as a light lee. But there's a, this is a, you might have, you might be light on me this year, today. On this episode. Okay, well, I mean, I have a lot um, of- I am doing the clear out, the ISO, as they call it in basketball. Okay. Do you know what the ISO is? No. Isolation. See, it's like one, you know. Oh, so you do like a box and one? No, it's the, it's the oh, offense. Oh, am I doing the boxing one? The offense. It's the offense. It's isolation offense. So you do, yes. Who's the boxing one? I'm the boxing one? You're defense. I'm defense. I know. I forget. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not sure your analogy is. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Regardless, I have a lot to ask this guy, and I really want to understand, like, what is his... This is amazing. Yeah, what the core reason for what he does? Do we... Are there anything... Well, listen. Oh, I got, oh. It. I got it. I got my angle here. Is yeah. it, you ready for this? My, yeah. Here's my elevator pitch. Okay. The show is... Uh, two idiots and an expert. But the point is, is that right. um, we need to to be, you know, re- BS our way through the subject matter. And then basically defer to his expert, the person's expertise. Well, I think what we need to do is understand how this all came about. Because no, 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 no. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about oh. us. The, po- oh. the podcast and the structure. Like, this is the part where we're, we talk about how we're, like, we can fake our way through being a sperm donor. And that leads me to us... Being fathers of eight children between us. Oh, congratulations, Dad. Yeah, yeah congr- Eight children between us. Eight children. Yes. Eight children. Uh, we're experts in donating sperm, too. Yes, but not the level he is. I mean, listen. And, and plus, we're successful. We have yeah, but we're not donating it to strangers. We have, well, we have successful, you know, we're successful fathers. We have successful, we're experts in being fathers, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know where we could be our way through doing that. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. So we're all. But but again, I have no. It's almost like the Adam real man. I have no reference point for this topic right here. I've never donated you sperm. Do, you do. That's my point. You do a wrestling point. You manage your life. You manage your kids. You have relationships with them. You do. You do fatherly stuff. He does that also at a greater scale. Well, we're gonna find out. We are definitely gonna find out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Um, this uh, continuing. You know what I said last week in the podcast? Huh? I said last week in the podcast. Um, November. Correct. Yeah. Lisa picked that up. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Well. Um, SD also did. It's good she noticed. So. Uh, for the month of December, our sponsor is Happy Hearts Boutique. So this is the last read for for them. Um, I'm going to give them a bonus next week. Mm, okay. But, I think we have someone new. I'd like to give Happy Hearts Boutique a bonus. I would also, but I think we have someone new. All right, we'll see. The Happy Hearts Boutique team creates both ready-made pieces of art along with customized art for its customers. Their unique pieces of art range from abstract paintings of all sizes and mediums to custom wood signs, mask chains, and sneakers. They even make one kind... 
one-of-a-kind pieces of furniture. Go to Happy Hearts Boutique, that's spelled H-A-R-T-S, happyheartsboutique.com, H-A-R-T-S, to check out the products and place an order. New products are being added to their website every day. At Happy Hearts Boutique, the art is made from the heart with an E. What do you mean with an E? Hearts have, the word heart has an E in it. H-E-A-R-T. Yeah, but this is hearts, H-A-R-S-T, because it's arts. Oh, yeah. H-A-R-S-T. I know. Arts. Happy Hearts Boutique is committed to spreading happiness and love through art. This is why they donate 10% of all their sale proceeds to an amazing organization called the Port- Portable Playhouse. The Portable Playhouse is a nonprofit organization that provides specialized art and beating to women and children in hospitals and outpatient cancer centers. People visit Happy Hearts. Please visit people. 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 Please. Visit happyheartsboutique.com, that's spelled H-A-R-T-S, and special for our listeners, receive 20% off your first order if you mention two idiots. Help them spread the love by commissioning commissioning a piece of art today. Awesome. Great read. How many... That was like a tongue twister. How many times does it say art in there? A lot. I'm going to start circling them. Yeah, but again... art. Yes. And heart. 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 And by the way, we have sold a lot of our mugs. We're almost sold out. Oh, yeah. We're almost sold out. People should have sold their mugs. There's only a few left. Yeah, only a few left. Uh, $10 for local pickup, $15 for uh, shipping. Um, yeah. you, you can, how, how, how do they get a hold of us? Uh, best way is to just DM us or private message us or text us or WhatsApp. Any of those ways. I mean, you, there's ways. It's easy to find us. Yeah. If you send a private message, it's easier to track. This is the Venmos. I'll give the Venmo where to pay. We haven't figured out the international component yet. How to ship international? I, I do have someone. To, I saw to someone yesterday. Who might, he was going to Israel, so he said he'll bring them for us. Okay, when, when he goes, right. okay. not, it's not. I'll find out when, but okay. in the near future. Near future. Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. Great job today. Um, I appreciate you. All right, looking forward to Ari. Yes. Okay. How long are you in the car okay. for? Uh, I'm picking someone up in 20 minutes. And then, uh, and then I have another hour ride after that. Oh, that's fine. I, I, listen, I mean, I know it would make for a good podcast, but don't get in an accident. I mean, it would be good for us, bad for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think I could uh, swing that. All right, cool. Don't, don't get pulled over either. Two big no-nos. Okay. They, they, you guys don't sound like such idiots to me. Well, <laughs> it's coming from a smart guy like you, a professor. I guess you know idiots, right? Uh, Ari, we're yeah. only we're only five seconds into the conversation. You, you'll see how dumb you'll see how dumb it goes. I just got to get to know you better. That's right. Did you start recording? Of course, I started. Recording. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, Ari, we started recording, and basically, you have the gist of this uh, of how two idiots and expert work, or you have no gist. Uh, no, I don't. But. Um... You know, I, I guess I'm assuming you'll be able to edit it afterwards. I mean, there's just a possibility in 20 minutes I want to give this girl to come down. She needs driving lessons. So I told her I'll give her driving lessons. So she's going to come and take over. And then um, uh, I'll be able to do it without driving. But um, I don't know if we'll be able to take a break just for a few seconds so I could tell her to come down. All right. Yeah, that works. That works. Okay. Yeah, we don't really do much editing, but the, the you, you, Stephen said like he's like the gist is like sounds like it's complicated. No, we talk about the subject matter and we bring on an expert to prove us right or wrong. And uh, you're the, you're the expert, so we're the idiots. I love it. We've only, we Wait, only you, you guys disagree about something. I'm assuming you have different not really. point of views. No. Well, well, sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. But like we've had a we've had like a gang member on. We've had a uh, an elite. Uh, supermodel on we've had a guy who's on reality television for eight episodes and we discuss what it's, 
it's more about BSing our way through a subject matter and then seeing how we did on our BS. Correct. Got it. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Right. So, so it's basically two idiots talking about something that we have really no idea, or maybe we have a little bit of idea. We come up with our theory, and then we put the expert on who says, no, nah, this is where you're right, this is where you're wrong. And you don't have to hear the first part, so it's fine. Uh, yeah. Basically, we'll start We'll start going now, and I'll read your bio, and then we'll just like introduce you and start you know, start this off. Yeah, but before we do that, what I found amazing, and then Lee's going to read this, is the fact that you were even able to do this. Because with 73 kids and 20 on the way, I don't have enough time to even yes. breathe. Why don't, why don't you save that for the pod? Well, because I think it's amazing. Yes. And also, it's not 20 on the way. We're at 15 on the way. Oh. Yeah, my numbers, yeah. You said no, I'm, I'm due for 20 kids in 2020 if, uh, yeah. if this was this, because I'll have a woman getting induced on Monday. So it's, I have here 73 with 15 currently pregnant. Correct. All right. Here we go. Let's go. And we're back. Thank you. We have Ari Nagel. Uh, listeners, um, we're, we're excited to have this, uh, the Sperminator, Ari Nagel, on the phone uh, on Zoom. I'm going to read his bio. Ari Nagel is a math professor in Brooklyn, New York, with a surprising hobby, helping women get pregnant by donating his sperm free of charge. What started as a simple favor assisting a friend get pregnant has turned into a calling for Ari, who now has 73 children and no plans of stopping. Ari has 15 women currently pregnant in the, in, in the, across the U.S., He's been to over a dozen countries in 2020 alone, helping women conceive with 20 kids born in 2020 so far. You can find Ari on all social media. We'll link to it in the, in the, in the show notes. He's on Facebook, a nice person. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat at QProfessor and uh, on Twitter as Professor Ari. Welcome, Ari Welcome, Nagel. There he is. <laughs> Thank you. So good that, to was, be here. That, was the, uh, that was our listener audience clapping. Big crowd for you, Ari. So this is really great. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, let's just, you know, we, we usually start off with background, you know, really, you know, where'd you grow up? You know, your, your, your background, and we'll just dive into some things. we got some questions, stuff you've probably done so much press in your career. Um, you, you know, it's, Whoa, stop, stop one second. Okay. Career. I don't know if I'd call it a career necessarily, right? This isn't a career. Well, it's not, it's not paying the bills. Exactly. That's for sure. I mean, it's a, a calling. Is that a better way of saying it? I guess. I don't know. We'll get into it. So yeah, your background, where'd you grow up? Um, tell us a little bit about your, your, you know, your, your, your young, your young age or youth. Yeah, well, I grew up in Muncie, New York. It's one of the largest Orthodox Jewish communities in uh, the world. So you have Israel, Brooklyn, and then Muncie. Um, it was really not on the map until recently. They had some kind of terrorist attack in Muncie and it was in the news uh, this past year. But before that, no one really ever heard of it. But it's a very, very large Orthodox Jewish community. And, uh, of course, it was common, I think, to have a lot of children growing up. But, of course, all the kids in my class that I went to were all looking just like me. So I went to an all-boys yeshiva, and all of the boys were just white Orthodox Jews um, that looked like me, sounded like me, and a very similar, obviously, the same religion and same upbringing. Um, right. which is obviously very, very different from the family that I created, where there are every nationality and religion and race. Right. And uh, I lived there till 17, and then um, I went um, to college at St. John's University and studied finance and got my master's there as well. And I actually got into a car accident. Uh, I, I was driving a motorcycle, actually, and a stop sign. 
and I made 70 grand from this uh, motorcycle accident because uh, it wasn't my fault. I didn't even hire a lawyer and I took this tax-free 70 grand and I decided to travel with it and I went to over 40 countries over the next two, three years and that, that's really where I think I lost my faith and uh, uh, wasn't as religious and uh, obviously it opened my eyes to uh, you know the, the rest of the world that's out there and um, I started having really spermanating, I guess, around uh, 13 years ago. Um, okay. And I was wait, doing wait, around two, get, three uh, kids a year. All right, hold on. Before uh -huh. we get into that, there's so got to unpack some stuff here. So my wife actually grew up in, in Muncie as well. Went to Ashar. I don't know if you went to Ashar. But that was I went to Yeshiva of Spring Valley. Ashar was the more bummy, you know, more modern school. I went to the more hardcore uh, Yeshiva of Spring Valley, meaning um, our campuses were separate. So we had a boys campus and a girls campus and they were across the street from each other. Whereas Ashar, the classes were mixed. Gotcha. I would say that's the biggest difference. So did you find yourself just starting back like as, you know, a little bit in your youth and as a, maybe a, a teenager, were you different? Do you always think differently? Were you like, I don't really buy into this? Because I'm assuming when, it get, when we start talking about religion, do you believe in God or don't believe in God? It's a personal question, but if you're willing to answer it, that'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, I don't really know. But yeah, I guess in many ways I was different. Um, I was getting suspended a little bit here and there in elementary school and uh, not for anything terrible. I wasn't doing drugs, you know, but, you know, it was just really tough. I think the school uh, was uh, an all day affair. So even as a young kid, you're basically getting out at 6 p.m., starting at, you know, 730 in the morning. Right. And uh, it's a lot of praying and a lot of uh, Aramaic lessons. So we would study Aramaic for three hours a day of like learning the Talmud. And it, it, I think it was it was just much. We really wouldn't start our English secular subjects till one in the afternoon when most other kids are already getting out of school. And then we're just starting our day to learn math, science and and, and, and everything else that actually has practical value. So I would say- We know that, it well. We, we both went to yeshiva. Yeah, right, too. Sounds right. familiar. So, right, exactly. Yes, <laughs> but there's all different kinds of yeshiva. So I think yeah. that in, in Yeshiva Spring Valley, I, I don't think I learned anything practical. Whereas in Ashar, at least you'd come out maybe speaking Hebrew. The Hebrew that we would learn as opposed to Ashar would be literally biblical Hebrew, a Hebrew that nobody even speaks anymore. So even if I went to Israel and spoke this Hebrew that I studied for so many years, nobody really would understand me because right. it's not- the, the Hebrew that people talk. So it was almost nothing practical that you'd learn in uh, elementary school that I learned in the yeshiva portion. Uh, really, it wasn't until the secular subjects. Ooh. Right. So for those of our younger audiences, like uh, we're around the same age group, um, we're like, uh, you know, in our 40s, um, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. We didn't have, you know, the internet or anything of like that. Where were you getting or were you getting it? Did you have a television in your house? Were your parents somewhat open with you know, movies, the movies and stuff, that, or were you a very religious, very sort of, you know, isolated sort of child? Well, we would call ourselves modern Orthodox. So I wore like a black hat, like a fedora type style hat on uh, on Shabbat and during the week at school. But um, I, my parents were, I think, pretty chillaxed. They never really particularly cared if I had a bedtime. I never had a curfew. It was a very, very hands off. I could do the homework or I didn't have to do the homework. It was very, very free. Um, they weren't strict at all. I think in many ways they may have sent me to a shower, but they didn't because they heard there was a lot of homework there. So they're like, oh, we don't want to be bothered. <laughs> so they ended up sending me to Yeshiva Spring Valley, but they themselves wouldn't have cared if I was uh, socializing with girls. Uh, that was just something that the school would have cared about where it could have gotten me kicked out. Uh, right. But uh, no, my parents were not so hardcore, although I, it's all relative. I think if you would compare it to maybe a, a 
you know, a someone who wasn't in the faith, uh, they would consider me ultra orthodox, whereas we were calling ourselves modern orthodox. Got it. Okay. So um, let's, we're going to move forward a little bit. You go to college, right? And in college, again, you're not into this whole world yet of, of impregnating all these different women. You're right now just give us a little bit of your college experience. What was that like? You know, in the end, I went to elementary school and high school uh, with all boys, uh, people who'd look just like me. So I think in many ways I was socially retarded. I was not equipped to handle uh, college and all those great experiences that I should have been enjoying. Because for me, I think I was almost like, even even though intellectually I I had a very easy time and the school I found very, very easy, I think socially it was very, very difficult. I wasn't accustomed to socializing with girls or people that didn't look like me. So it made it a little challenging to uh, make friends at the school I went to. So a lot of the friends that I have uh, were really just the friends that I had from prior. And I didn't really make too many new friends. And it took me a little bit of time. I think maybe what I was doing in my 20s was probably uh, what most kids were doing in their teenage years. So I probably had a lot of short term relationships, things of that nature, right. where I don't think I was really handling uh, my dating life or social life. Uh, you know, I, if, I was doing it very immaturely, perhaps. Got you. So the modern Orthodox Jewish kid kind of goes through this certain trajectory that all kids go through, right? You go to school, then you go to college and you're married between, you know, 21 to 23, 25. Is this the sort of trajectory which I assume your siblings are going through that now you're going to go through? Correct. All my brothers and sisters are married in very, very traditional relationships and still go through the motions. I don't know if any of my uh, siblings, well, actually, some of them are, but most of them, I don't think, are drinking the Kool-Aid per se, but they just did what their parents told them to do. And I think they, you know, have very happy marriages and happy lives, but uh, living very, very different lifestyles than I am. Gotcha. Okay. so do you now get married and have children or... What is the next step after, after college or after you're traveling the yes. 40 countries after you finish your traveling? What'd you do next? Uh, yep. Well, I w- started teaching in college in 1999. So I was still pretty young. Um, I was having a good time. I was making a good salary and uh, living large. I was partying a lot in New York City. So I was going clubbing quite a bit. And then I was around 27. And uh, I hooked up with a girl from Webster Hall, which is just a club in the East Village. And uh, she got pregnant by accident. And uh, she wanted to keep the child. So that was really my first child. And uh, I think at that point, I realized that maybe um, the traditional lifestyle that my parents had hoped for me was not really going to take place because this girl was from Trinidad and it wasn't going to jive very well with uh, my Orthodox Jewish upbringing. Um, So I think at that point was really where I was not seeing the lifestyle that uh, my parents chose for me as maybe an option for me because I would have been able to include uh, my son, who's now 17, into that lifestyle. Got it. Gotcha. So Jewish guilt set in or like, are you kind of like beyond that? You're like, ah, I'm not playing into this whole. So because I think a lot of, you know, being Jewish, religious, Jewish guilt plays a factor. You're like, fuck this pretty much. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's not a, um, an old story. A lot, a lot of my friends were not having as many children as I was, but a lot of them uh, left the faith. And uh, I still feel very connected to Judaism, even if I'm not living this Orthodox Jewish lifestyle. Uh, But of course, I had a lot of good friends and um, that uh, were going through something similar. So uh, none of them were really stayed religious. Got it. Okay, so you have child number one. 
right? And then when does child number two and three come? Same woman or, or did you start this yet? Did you go down the traditional route that we were talking about before, like, like Stephen and I did at, yeah. at that age? No, uh, so that was, um, uh, that, I have a 17-year-old and then I have two 12-year-olds. So the two 12-year-olds was the uh, two donations that I have. Got it. Gotcha. Okay, so it was, when- It was five years, five years later, but really it was four, year, it was four years later that uh, we had these two women that asked me for help to grow their families. Gotcha. Okay, so now we're starting to go down the path. You are 27 years old at this time or 28? When I had my first son. When you had your first so four years, five years later, mid thirties, you do your first donation. Got it. Got it. But like what, so if I get to that moment, when do you say I am going to now change the game? Like everyone has that moment in their life. Did you have that moment? Like, was it an epiphany that, I, that you're also, or did it just like someone said, I, I, I need to have a kid. Like, or I was like, I, you know, let's do this. And you're like, I'm in, it was, a, you know, what, tell us about it. You know, obviously, all my brothers were growing their families. I'm from a big family. I'm one of seven children, so I wanted a big family myself. Uh, but uh, I was using Craigslist to um, – I sold my old motorcycle on Craigslist. I found a housekeeper. It was just a popular thing to do was use these free classified ads, Craigslist. I haven't been on there in many, many years, but um, I was getting all sorts of random things. And then I came across this ad of someone looking for a sperm donor. They really weren't looking for any involvement, although when I approached them about being involved, that was something they were very open to. So that's really how I met these first two women that reached out to me for help. And it, it sounded very appealing. Of course, people ask me why I start, but it's very different than why I continue. Obviously, when I started, I never envisioned having 73 children. Uh, but uh, it was really just about doing, uh, you know, one or two and helping these women grow their families. And then when they were happy and the kids were happy and it worked out well that I decided to keep on going. Uh, I think initially, perhaps I was looking to grow my family as well. Whereas now I don't need to grow my family anymore. I mean, I think when you start out, you want a boy, you want a girl, you know, and then you want two of each. But uh, once you have 73 children, you don't really need or want more children. I think at some point it transitioned into being something more altruistic about more helping them grow their family more than helping to grow mine. Got you. And it wasn't that you wanted to go the traditional route. And I mean by that, by like going to a sperm bag and say, okay, I'm going to donate a shit ton of sperm. Right. And therefore let them do their thing. You wanted to go a completely different route or, or, or you didn't even have that thought process. Uh, they initially just wanted, uh, well, it was, two very, very different families, even though they live just two miles from each other, they couldn't be more different. One was a Jewish single woman from the Upper West Side. We ended up going to a fertility clinic. And then the other one was a lesbian couple from Chelsea. And we ended up doing it the old fashioned way, ironically enough, because it was the lesbian that we ended up having sex with. And then it was the single woman from the Upper West Side that needed the fertility clinic. The mm -hmm. single woman from the Upper West Side was Jewish and she wanted us to get married so that the child will be accepted in the Jewish community. So it was a much longer process, whereas the lesbians, they didn't really care. They had three boys already and the father of those other children had died. So they just wanted uh, someone to give them the daughter that they always wanted, which of course, they ended up getting another son. My first yeah. five children were boys, even though now I have more girls than boys. Uh, but you have these two kids. Uh, they're 
both 12 years old. One's living in the most religious community in Israel and the other one's living in Chelsea. And uh, one has long dreadlocks and one has long pace, you know, long wow. side curl yeah. locks. So uh, they never met each other as of yet, but I'm sure there'll be the day when the, these two kids will meet because, of course, uh, they're just two months apart. They're both uh, boys and they both have the same father. But I think that's really where the similarities end. There are different races. Uh, one's African-American and one's Jewish living in Israel speaking Hebrew and the other ones, you know, growing up in Chelsea with lesbian moms. Okay. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about my day uh, um, downstairs. <laughs> this is a, this is a woman who um, is very, very private, but uh, so I probably won't share her story, but today she just needs some driving lessons. So I'm going to help her. But of course she wanted some practice driving on the highway. So I'm going to go drive to visit some kids out in Jersey. And there's a woman in this same town in Jersey in Franklin township that is also ovulating. So I'm going to go visit my kids, give her the driving lesson, and then also help this other woman conceive. So I'm looking Multi forward to a fun day. Yeah. Ultimate multitasking ultimate. exactly and uh, of course uh, you know i'm only in town for a week because i'm shipping out of the country on thursday so i've been trying to visit as many kids as possible uh while i'm here so it's been a busy uh busy week so far got you okay so you um wow i i, I don't even know where to start ari because mm -hmm. to most of us you well, know so far it's only three kids and he did it once and like and yeah, now yeah. It's, or twice it was really twice but it's like now it's just like a hobby, I guess, at this point. I mean, if we talk about like what – there's still Steven's question. Dude, a hobby is bike riding. A no, hobby is but, like snowboarding. No, but he did it – it's like at this point there's a ramp up. Like at some point it goes from just one or two, it happened, and it was a good idea, to the next level. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I was doing around three a year for the next uh, eight years, I guess. Um, okay. Okay. I had an, I had an ex, I had an ex-girlfriend who heard what I did for the lesbian. And then she reached out to me and asked if I could help her as well. Um, so I gave her two kids and then it was a lot of, it was word of mouth, uh, early on. Got you. So, I mean, I assume you have to go through testing and stuff, especially if you're going to do it the natural way, right. To make sure that you, you know, you don't get any disease, right. And you don't give them any disease, right. Not to say that, but like that all has to happen or, or you kind of just like rush and we let it. Yeah, <laughs> um, certainly. The truth is, is that uh, of the 15 women that are currently pregnant right now, I have women pregnant in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Texas and Tennessee. I didn't sleep with any of them. I gave it all of them in a cup. They spent 79 cents. I bought one of these menstrual cups. I put the sperm in the cup and they put it inside. That's how all of them conceived. We didn't go through a clinic. We didn't um, sleep with each other, even though sometimes that offer is on the table. In the end, if I'm helping more than one woman a month, it's very, very difficult for me to have unprotected sex and then put all the other women that I'd be helping that month at risk. So even if it's, um, I'm willing to Russian roulette it, uh, I can't in good conscience have all of these other women that I'm helping that month Russian roulette it. So being that the case, I don't really need to see their uh, infectious disease tests as long as I show them my test that's comfortable because I'm not really putting myself at risk. Gotcha. And I get tested quite often. Um, I got tested this month. I got tested last month because anytime you do an IVF, uh, they want to see a test. Sometimes they need it within a week, sometimes within three months, sometimes within six months, depending on the clinic. But because of that, I get tested quite often. And usually my insurance covers the test. So it doesn't really um, incur any costs on anyone's part. Got you. So, so I got to imagine at this time, once it starts, your family, your friends, associates, colleagues are like, 
Ari, what are you doing here? This is this is insanity or are people supportive. Like, do you have both sides of it or are most people like this is crazy? I think everything under the sun uh, that goes with not just my family, but also my friends. I think, um, you know, everyone uh, that, you know, has a different opinion about it, uh, including all of the, you know, 73 moms. They have very differing opinions as well. Um, a lot of the women, after they got their baby, they said, well, that's enough. You need to stop. I think you have enough kids and you're putting yourself at risk. I think all of it, it's coming a from a place of, you know, of wanting to protect me. Um, uh, so even the women that don't want me to continue, I don't think they have any ulterior motives other than just wanting to protect me. And they're worried that I don't vet the women enough. So a lot of the moms are very concerned about that. Uh, but then also you have everything under the sun. So you have women that are very, very supportive. And that's true of family members as well. Uh, I think, you know, in many ways, some family members are very ashamed of uh, my lifestyle and what I've done. And then you have others that are a little more open to it. And of course, my kids get together with their cousins sometimes, uh, certainly for my siblings that live in the tri-state area. Right. Because I, I would find that there would be some people who would be very supportive because they would say, wow, this guy's doing a great thing, right? Someone, a lesbian couple or someone can't conceive, you're helping them out without the major expense of doing IVF, and all, which is fantastic. And other people are like, well, why don't you go the route of like, adopting or you know some other sort of you know method and but or why continue or why or, continue you said three you said three year for eight years i mean that's a steady it's nothing it, i mean it's, it's different but it's not intense i mean yeah it adds up but then obviously you know the whole you know new york post finds you like that's when things go a little wacky at haywire no they just they skyrocket. I mean, for you, like, how did they, how the post find you? Like, how did it go? Like, and how, what happened from there? They reached out to me, you know, the reporter actually said she knew me from the Upper West Side and I, I didn't really know her or remember her, but she said she's doing a Father's Day piece. I was really duped into it because I thought it was just going to be a fluff piece buried in the paper. She said she's interviewing a couple of different dads and if I wanted to be one of the dads that she profiles, but right. of course that really wasn't the case. And this is amazing. You are the ultimate multitasker. I have a hard enough time like managing like my day, taking kids to soccer. By the way, between us, we have eight kids. Yeah. We, by the way, the part we talked about earlier that we're that we're we're fake experts in in your in your um, world is that she even, she even has five kids and I have three, so we've been collectively uh, impregnated women eight times. So that's uh, our, you know, we're the minor leagues. Wait, hold, hold, but Ari, Ari, the bigger thing is that I have a hard enough time remembering my kids' names. And their birthday, uh -huh. and I only have five. Do you remember all of your kids' names, birth dates? I mean, are you good with this stuff? Uh, you know, today is my son's uh, birthday, Zach and Zeke, and uh, they are um twins, they were turning, they're turning two. My phone alerts me, but of course, I knew uh, roughly when their birthday was. You seem like a great guy. Do you ever? Like say like, well, I'm not going to do this because you don't really know about the mom and you're putting your baby in care of someone else, right? Because you're not going to be there. Every Are you ever like, mm, I'm not going to do this. Like, I, I don't trust this person to be a good mother or you don't really get into that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what I would do to vet somebody. I mean, in the end, uh, if you went to a fertility clinic, they don't do any vetting. They don't check to see if you're going to be a good mom, if you're worthy of being a mom, if you want to have a baby, uh, they give you the baby. 
all they're doing is checking to see that you could afford it or checking to see that you have insurance that will cover fertility. Um, so I don't view myself as any different. Uh, I think maybe if there was a, a way, a crystal ball, where I'd be able to vet uh, who's going to be a good mom and who isn't, uh, certainly I would run through, um, through that uh, test. There really isn't. Um, I mean, in, in Jer- we live in New Jersey. So when you're in New Jersey to, to buy a handgun, you have to fill out a form um, and they want to do They do a background check. Someone has to vouch for you, and they do a background check. I mean, did you ever think about that? I could, I could run, I could run their uh, credit, and then I probably wouldn't have seventy-three kids. I probably wouldn't have a dozen kids. So, I don't think that's really what qualifies somebody as being a good mother. Um, I, I was um, in Florida in August celebrating my daughter's two-year-old birthday, and uh, she was born in prison. Uh, the mother was a convict. I think if I would have ran a background check, uh, I probably would have fired her for a job, or I have chose her to be the mother of my future child. But I, I know her well, and I know what great character she has, and I know what a great mom she is, and um, I have no qualms. Even on paper, she didn't look uh, so good. I think in reality, she's a fantastic mom. So I don't really know what background check would prove. Uh, I got a lot of flack last Father's Day when they did a story on me, and I gave an 18-year-old homeless woman a baby. And a lot of people said, well, what kind of mother is she going to be? But of course, uh, now that the baby's... Um, 18 months old, I think there's no doubt she's a fantastic mother or she's pregnant with number two. Uh, So, you know, you don't really need to be. uh, No, of course not. Uh, As soon as she had the baby, the uh, city moved her into a hotel and she lived in a hotel for 10 months in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And then they have a program where uh, you can move out of the city and they'll pay your rent for a year. So she moved to North Carolina and uh, has a nice two bedroom apartment uh, complements of New York City. Right. The reason why I'm asking that, Ari, is because I feel like when it comes to an anonymous sort of donation, you really don't know what happens. But because you are somewhat intimately involved in these children's lives beyond just donating your sperm, right? If you were to be in a situation where you saw a mother with a child and you're like, this isn't, I'm not saying one of the 73 aren't, maybe all 73 are great. But would you then feel almost like you have to go out of your way now to like correct the situation? and either report that mother to child service or is it not really your place? Like, where does the line get, you get drawn? You follow what I'm asking you kind of? Yes, certainly. Well, you know, I think that the the women that are reaching out to me, uh, they they could get a baby without me. I mean, all they need to do is go on the subway and someone will hook up with them and give them a baby. Um, I think the fact that they're, they want a baby so bad. Some of them went through tremendous fertility treatments to have the baby. And uh, some of them went, uh, you know, even if they're lesbian couples, you know, it was very, you know, difficult for them to even just ask me for help. Uh, but all told, I think I have a lot of differences with a lot of the mothers. But in the end, there's all different kinds of parenting styles. Uh, so I think that all told, they're all amazing mothers, you know, uh, as far as they all love their baby. So, right. you know, and I think that's really and the babies were all wanted. So I think as far as those two requirements, certainly they were all met. Now, do they always make the best decisions? Uh, no. Uh, for example, yesterday I went to visit my uh, son and, uh, you know, the mom's smoking and chain smoking, you know, baby in the same room. So that bothered me. And I hate to armchair quarterback because she's doing 99.99% of the work. And then here I'm going to come and visit. Uh, I came for a Christmas dinner and then I'm going to start criticizing. So I have to do it very delicately, but I, in good conscience, couldn't not mention it, you know, and it, cause it bothered me. I said, you know, and, and I think she realized that and I just did it in a very delicate way. Um, I had another conversation with a mom this week. Uh, she's 30 weeks pregnant and she posted that she's excited to have her free birth. 
a free birth is a birth where they're not going to have any medical professional present uh, during the birth, which obviously increases the mortality rate for her, increases the mortality rate for the mom and for the baby, and it just comes with a host of risks. But uh, she was like, well, you really shouldn't question, you know, the mother's choice, you know, and I didn't insist, obviously, the moms make 100% of the decisions. Um, so I mentioned it, you know, but uh, in the end, ultimately, they know that the final decision rests uh, with them. Uh, I have some moms that are anti-vaxxers, and that bothers me a great deal. Um, I so much like to just tell them, you know, that... <laughs> anyway, I share my opinion, but in a very delicate way. And then, of course, ultimately leave the final decision up to them. Right. So out of 73 children that you have, how many of them are you actively involved in their lives? And to different degrees, almost all of them. Um, so some I see all the time and there are, are some that I've never met. Um, you know, obviously if I visit uh, one child every single day, that means I'm really only getting to see them once every few months. A lot of it depends uh, geographically, but I would say there's a uh, single digits of uh, kids that I haven't met yet. And um, a lot of it is uh, just because uh, the kids are quite young and, um, uh, you know, I haven't gotten around to it, especially with COVID, but uh, right. the vast majority, I have some role uh, either. And then obviously even the ones that are out of state, uh, you know, I'm friends with them maybe on social media. So perhaps we're Facebook friends. There's also a Facebook group and around 55 moms are in the Facebook group. Uh, and then there's other moms that are just very, very private and they don't really want to have anything to do with the other moms. Well, it's like going back to the post, like the post took you to another stratosphere, right? The people start because of the article, What's for it's almost five years ago now. I think it's 2016. You said Father's Day 2016. Yeah, well, once the post uh, came out, then it, obviously I was getting a lot more requests uh, than usual. Um, and uh, I, I, that's why I had 20 kids. Well, I, right now, actually, it's 19 kids born this year, but I have one that's uh, being delivered Monday in Connecticut. So that'll be 20 in 2020. Wow. Yeah. So people were saying, like, like Lee and I talked about this a little bit. We're like, does this guy have super sperm or is it just like... I mean, did you ever get that checked or it just works pretty much? I get it checked all the time because anytime I go through any kind of fertility treatment, they, uh, they end up doing a semen analysis and uh, the sperm is good, but no, it's not super. I think ultimately in the end, it's just statistics and it's just the number of women that are asking me for help is probably the main reason for the cause of me having so many children. Huh. huh. Interesting. I thought, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, because um, like I guess uh, before we get into like the whole like legal stuff, because that I'm sure is very fascinating. Well, not fascinating for you, I mean, actually painful for you most probably. Um, when it comes, which we'll get into in a second, what you can share with us, I guess when it comes to these to the to the women themselves, do you have any children that have said I want to live with dad instead of mom, or, or they're not of age yet to really be able to do that? Uh, it's more I live with them than them living with me. So I'm very very transient. Um, last night I slept in New Jersey at uh, a son in Fort Lee. And then the night before that, I slept in Brooklyn and uh, I, I'm, I'm basically bouncing around to try and uh, visit the different kids and uh, uh, I'll, I'll spend more nights by them. Do they cry after I visit them because, uh, you know, they're going to miss me? Yeah, certainly, depending on their age, you know, kids will cry. Uh, um, this month I visited all six kids that I have in Florida and, Almost all of them cried when I left them. You it's know? almost so, like COVID because your job has allowed you to do, you know, you can teach remotely. It almost, uh, it's, you've been able to see the kids more probably because of it. 
Absolutely. I've also been able to uh, travel more than I normally would because normally my job would keep me in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, but I'm going to Zimbabwe on Thursday. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to go to Zimbabwe for a week. I probably would have had classes, but now I'm just going to take my laptop and hopefully there's internet access there and I'll just teach my classes uh, from Zimbabwe. Um, I'm going uh, just for a couple of days and then I'm coming back to New York and then I'm going to be going to Nigeria uh, in January. I have an IVF around mid-January, so I'll be going back to Africa. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, I've, I've just got back from Georgia last week. So I, I've been doing a lot of traveling since the pandemic. And a, a lot of the women that really asked for my help, even around the U.S., uh, you know, but it's very difficult because, you know, flights can sometimes be unaffordable. But since COVID, the flights have been so cheap that they were like, well, now it's in our budget. So, you know, can you come out to, you know, Alabama and help us conceive? Right. So they fly you out there. They put you up at a hotel. They like take care of all those expenses. Right. Because they want this child pretty much. Uh, sometimes, I mean, uh, often I'll ask them to come to New York if possible, uh, unless we're using a clinic, then I would have to travel to them. But um, I, I went to Barbados December 1st. Um, to help um, a, a woman, not from Barbados, it was just a woman from New Jersey, but, you know, the, 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 she didn't have fertility coverage, so it was cheaper to go to Barbados. And then uh, December 3rd, I went to Nashville uh, to, to help a woman there. So the, she was also using a fertility clinic. Uh, but if they're not using a fertility clinic, as most women aren't, then uh, more often than not, uh, I would ask them to try and travel to me. Uh, as far as hotel, nah, Really, usually I'll just stay with uh, whoever I'm helping, or I probably have kids that uh, live in that neighborhood, so right. I would just um, you know stay with them. Do you do you? Is there ever a situation where there's a, a, a father in the mix? Uh, yes, uh, so sometimes uh, either it might be a trans couple, and then the father is a trans man, or it might be just a traditional heterosexual couple uh, where the father just doesn't have a high enough sperm count. Um, so I've had scenarios like that, but the vast majority of the families that I helped are single women uh, or lesbian couples. Uh, but of course, there are some traditional heterosexual couples and trans couples as well. Right. And so I know a lot of people ask you this, and of course, we have to ask you this, but like, is there a number you want to get to? Or is it because I know you said at one point you want to get to a certain number, then stop. And then you're like, ah, I bumped that number up. And also have to do with your age. You're getting older. And we're, you and I, we're the same age. Steven's a couple years older. So I don't know. I haven't had a kid in 12 years. So I don't know what the age you technically probably could go to your 50s, I, I would think. But do you have an idea of like what you want, what your plan is? Yeah, I don't plan on uh, continuing to do this in my 50s. I think, uh, you know, my dad actually stopped having kids when he was 46. So that's next year. And that, that seems like a, a, a good number, you know. Right. 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 I, I hear that. OK, so but obviously it really all depends on, you know, I want to make sure the children are healthy. Uh, and I think no matter what um, I, I do, I think ultimately it'll probably be some kind of phase retirement, for example, if there's the family that I already have children with and then they want a, a brother or a sister or a sibling and they don't want to have a, to try and find someone else uh, so they have children from them. They may want a full sibling. So in those scenarios, uh, that would be something that I might go past. Uh, but no, it was never really about a number for me. Uh, I, I could very feasibly hit 100 next year. But in the end, it's always about the woman who's often doesn't even have any children it just wants their number one right so dealing with the the legal issues i know those are the most painful for you right um 
in watching some of, I guess, you know, we watch some of your press, your, your press. Um, is that stuff that you're still dealing with? You're going to have to deal with for a pretty long time. Have you figured out a way to navigate that? Or is it still like an ongoing issue and will be? Uh, you know, it, all the women, no matter where they lived all over the country, they always managed to sue me in New York because it's the most friendly towards them. The laws require child support until 21, whereas a lot of states it's 18. Um, and, and then not only that, that, there might be the issue of having to pay some kind of college tuition uh, that uh, I'd be responsible for. So, yeah, I don't really see myself saving for retirement anytime soon. Um you know, but I look at my siblings and they're paying around as much in private school tuition as I'm paying in child support. So uh, it makes it a little easier. I think the truth is, is that uh, when you have kids, you're supporting your kids happily. I'm sure you pay for your children and yeah. it doesn't really bother you much. The only difference is, is that you get to choose how much each child gets and you're able to distribute it equitably. Whereas for me, it's the five women that sued me get more than half my salary. And then I have very, very little to give to the other children. And to me, that's really the only thing I would do differently. Would I change the amounts? No. Would I change, uh, you know, how I distributed? Yes. But it's not something that's painful for me. Um, it's true that financially I'm very, very poor, but I don't feel poor. I'm very, I, I feel rich, you know, maybe there's all different ways to gauge wealth. I have a very happy life filled with lots of joy and lots of love. I have a lot of people that love me and I love so many people and uh, I was able to spread joy to so many families. I'm also going to Africa on Thursday. <laughs> I mean, I've been traveling to, you know, all over the world, uh, having a pretty good time. Uh, I think uh but, you know, it's not something that uh, I, I stress about too much. Right. So how does like an anonymous sort of clinic, like why, why is it different? Why should you have to pay for these women? There's no way around this to the extent of if, if I was to donate my sperm tomorrow to a clinic, why would I be responsible? Why are you any different than a donation to a clinic? I don't understand the law logic of it. Yes. Well, you know, uh, in vitro fertilization is, is inevitably just a new phenomenon. So I don't think the laws have particularly caught up. Um, when I started, you know, gay marriage wasn't legal. Right. And of course, now it is. So that might protect me a little bit more than maybe in the past, whereas you can have two women on the birth certificate. Uh, whereas uh, when I started doing this, uh, that was not really an option. Uh, so the laws have not yet caught up with the times, and I'm sure that's eventually going to change. Uh, it really all depends on the state. So it is possible that had I had a kid, perhaps, let's say now in California, and I signed a contract with the moms and the kid was conceived in a clinic, well, then I'd be protected from child support. Uh, but in New York, the cases such that it doesn't really matter they do what's in the best interest of the child and it's the child's right to sue for child support interesting right what's so it, so it's the mom can't sign away the child's right to sue so even if i did sign a contract it's not really something that can be upheld in court right which is interesting because if you just donated your sperm to a clinic you would not have to worry about this but the fact that you're making i guess some sort of Informal. Called a known, they call it a known donor. You consider it a known donor. And that's the reason why that's classification. Yeah, it's like it gets complicated from what I've wow. researched. Like you just Correct. Like, and furthermore, of the 15 women that are currently pregnant, none of them used the clinic. So we all just did it on our own. So in those scenarios, I think, if anything, I'm more on the hook because it would be even if I had a 
contract. That's just nothing that anyone really uh, respect. Uh, and then even when I go to a clinic, I never go as a known donor. That's the most complicated possible way. I did go as a known donor earlier this month in Florida for a lesbian couple in Orlando. I begged them not to introduce me as a known donor because uh, I knew that it would cause a lot of complications. I asked them to just introduce me as their partner. As long as I go as a woman's partner, then it's easy peasy. I go in, I get the sperm, and then they can move forward. But when you go as a known donor, it creates a lot of paperwork. It makes it extremely challenging, the special testing, special uh, hurdles that you would have to jump through. For example, uh, I froze my sperm in Orlando this month, and I went as a known donor. And uh, in order to do that, I needed to get a letter from my doctor saying that uh, there's no evidence of anal intercourse. So I had to go now to my doctor and ask him for this letter that, uh, you know, that he doesn't see any evidence of anal intercourse. Whereas if I win as this woman's partner, then I don't need to get this letter showing that I can just show up. Uh, sometimes they want to quarantine the sperm for six months. Uh, the testing that I had to do uh, was the same test, basically, that I would have done uh, had I gone as her partner, except my insurance doesn't cover it. So it was an extra $500 in testing because they have to send it to LabCorp and it's donor testing. And I think maybe it does test perhaps for a more recent infection, whereas my standard test might not test something that uh, that recent. So, but in the end, it just creates a lot of hurdles that you would have to go through. So uh, most of the women do trust me and we just say, listen, introduce me as your partner. The challenge is then that uh, if I go back to the same clinic, uh, then I'm somebody else's partner. It creates uh, some confusion. So very often, if I use the clinic, I really can't go back there the same year. So I had a woman today that asked me to go to a clinic, but I already have embryos stored at that clinic. And I asked her, I said, listen, you're going to have to change the clinic if you're going to want my help, because I was already there last year and I have embryos stored and this woman's going to want to carry those embryos and we don't want to create any issues for her. Right. And I went as a partner. So how can I go now with someone else's partner? Man, you must have spreadsheets with like data do you have like you how do you track like do you have like you like use pivot tables to like analyze the, the birthdays and look clinics and the and the names and the moms and the locations and the addresses and the emails like how do you like do you have like a database that you manage to keep track of all this well you know i have uh, over 100 students a semester so uh, I have a spreadsheet of all their names, and by the end of the 12-week semester, I know all their names. Uh, obviously, with my kids, it's much easier. Um, I, I know all their names already. Uh, yeah. But yes, I do have a spreadsheet, uh, so I have their addresses uh, today when I'm looking up uh, to go to visit uh, my kids. I already have them saved in my uh, GPS, and uh, I have a, a spreadsheet of all their names, addresses, contact info, birthdays, uh, things like that. Right, all right, because I give you credit. If, if I got sued once, I'd be like, I'm out. Like, this is fucking crazy. I'm done. But the fact that you've st stuck with it is almost like it's impressive in a way. Like, you, you, or crazy, crazy, or you, but you're all in. Like, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It, it, what actually makes sense is, is that after you're sued a few times, then you have nothing to lose because the vast majority of your salary is already garnished. And of course, once your salary is garnished, they can't take away, uh, you know, more than each subsequent woman that sues me uh, gets a smaller piece of the pie. So, for example, uh, most women uh, get 17 percent of my salary. So I make six figures. I make 100,000. The first woman is, that sues gets 17 grand. But then the next woman who sues uh 
that money that I'm already giving to the first mom is already protected. So there's a really only 83 grand left in the pie, and they would get 17% of what's left. And then after you start taking off 17% again and again and again, uh, you don't really um, have that much left. So there's less incentive uh, for women to sue me. Uh, yeah, going forward. Right. So it, in, a, in a sense, it really protects me. So <laughs> the question was, well, if you were sued, why did you continue? And the real answer is, well, it's just the opposite. Once you're sued, then you have less to lose. Right. But what I find even more amazing about this, which in the beginning of this, Lee and I talked about, I'm like, I don't know if Ari's a hero or a villain. Now I'm saying this guy's a fucking hero because I'm saying, let's go like, it doesn't sound like you have any animosity toward these women. Like even the women who sued you, you're like, all right, whatever. Like, you're not upset at these women for suing you, are you? Like, you're like, whatever. You know, I mean, we were quite close prior to when they sued me. So it was very hurtful, obviously. I consider them family. And, um, you know, I, so am I upset at them? You know, the money is going to help raise my children. So it right. it's a lot easier. It's not like I'm paying a parking ticket, you know? I mean, I'm helping support my children. And uh, it was money that I would have honestly given over happily. Uh, the, the real difference is it makes me a little sad that I'm not able to be in a position to perhaps help the women that really need it. So, for example, uh, last year I had a woman who had a stroke, you know, and she lost her job and she never asked me for anything uh, prior to that. But now I know that she's struggling and she doesn't even need a lot. You know, she just needs a little bit. But, it's, right. you know, that little bit that is very, very hard for me to be able to step up to the plate and say, hey, you know, let me at least be there for her. Okay. Um, so that, you know, I think is disappointing. Right. H have you had any women that you've had to be like, you're calling me way too much or I can't, I've done, I, I can't do anymore. Like it's just really overpowering or does anyone know their boundaries to like, okay, I'm not going to push Ari too much. No, I have a fantastic relationships uh, with uh, virtually all the moms. I think with the exception of perhaps the five moms that sued where the relationship could be contentious. I think, uh, for the, the rest of the mothers, it's feasible to say that I have never even gotten into a fight with any of them even once. So that, obviously that's not the case for all the moms, but for the vast majority of them, that would be the case. It's, uh, we really don't have any reason to argue. Of course, I let them make 100% of the decisions, and uh, that gives us less reason to argue. Um, and uh, we have a very good, close relationship. Uh, it's just a lot of love. You were married, I know, I, I read. And Did you have any kids with your, when you were married? I've been married a few times, uh, but none of them were real marriages. I got married for religious reasons. Uh, I got married for legal reasons. I got married for family reasons. These were just uh, my children's mothers. Sometimes they just wanted the child to be accepted by their family, so I married them for those reasons. Some countries, you cannot have children in a fertility clinic unless you're married, so... I had to get married sometimes abroad just so that we're able to go to the fertility clinic wow. and conceive. Wow. But none, yeah. none of my marriages were real. That's right. commitment. So, so I have, I have two, two questions that I, that, are, that I think are important. Number one, you mentioned something about Israel, that you're banned from doing this in Israel. Or I read something about it because of the Supreme Court ruling or something of that nature. So you can tell us a little bit about that. And then to, the, to our more religious uh, observer, how do you get around? Do you have to give these women like a ketubah in order to get them out of being like, is there like, so the child doesn't have a problem later getting married or, or are we not facing that issue? Um, one of the women I married with the religious oh, yeah. uh, marriage with a rabbi, and then we ended up having to get a get. Uh, but uh, maybe I have six women that are Jewish and none of them are 
other moms uh, cared about getting married. Uh, maybe none of them were that religious. I have a, I have a Jewish woman that's uh, pregnant now. She's actually in the hospital, even though she's only 29 weeks. So she might deliver soon. Uh, but of course, she's a secular Jew. Um, so I don't think she really cares about the marriage or the get. Uh, but uh, what was the question? Oh, when it comes to, when it comes to Israel and the Supreme yeah. right. So what happened was is uh, Israel has uh, a very paternalistic country and fertility treatments are free for everyone in the country until they're 45 years old. So I was very popular in Israel because uh, women wanted a known donor, which is illegal in Israel. Uh, meaning if you purchase frozen sperm, uh, it, they, the child can never know who the father is. Even after 18, the child turns 18. So a lot of women end up purchasing sperm from abroad, from like the U.S. or from Scandinavia, just because then there's a possibility that when the child's 18, the child can know who the father is. However, Israel does have an avenue where two um, people can start a family together in a fertility clinic, and they don't need to be a couple. Uh, all they need is just a contract. So they need to sign a contract amongst themselves saying that the father will accept the responsibility for the father. And uh, this is how we're going to divvy up, uh, you know, custody, visitation. They just need a contract uh, spelling everything out. As long as you do that, any two people can have a baby. So you can have a gay guy and a lesbian woman and they can start a family together and that's legal in Israel. So that's what I was doing. And I froze sperm for six different women in Israel. But then some Israeli newspaper did an article on me and uh, the Ministry of Health saw it, and they said, wait a minute, this is not in the spirit of the law, even though technically, it, um, basically, I was complying with the law, they felt like it wasn't in the spirit of the law, so they said, we're not going to allow you to have any children here in Israel. So not only did they not allow me to have children there, but any sperm that was frozen of mine, they made the fertility clinics discard them, and any future woman that asked my help were not able to freeze uh, Now, of course, I could still... Um, you know, go to their apartments and give them a baby that way. But when you're a thousand miles away, it's not so feasible for me to fly out uh, every month that they're fertile. Uh, of course, obviously with COVID, now that I'm not working, but then of course travel's restricted. Just very difficult. It makes it much easier to be able to use a clinic uh, to help conceive these children. So one of the women was so disappointed that she couldn't uh, have a child uh, and being able to not being able to choose who the father of her child should be that she ended up suing the Ministry of Health. And of wow. course, you know, in some ways she didn't lose, but uh, they basically were able to get so many appeals and delay it so much that when she sued, she was 42. But then by the time it went to the Supreme Court, she was 43. And if she wanted to appeal it again, uh, she would have been too old to use her own egg. So uh, it, at the point she just gave up. But uh, there was a ruling in the Supreme Court, and they ruled against me with just three justices. She could have appealed it to maybe the full Supreme Court, and uh, realistically, she could have uh, won. I think a lot of times the court doesn't want to overrule the Ministry of Health with just the smaller three justices. They want uh, all seven justices, perhaps, in order to overrule the Ministry of Health. But right. I'm banned in uh, Israel, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> which is funny because I'm going to Zimbabwe to make a baby and I could go to any other country except my ancestral homeland. That's the only country that I'm not allowed to, uh, you know, help women grow their families. In. If you fly to Israel now, will there be like a red flag, like the sperminators coming to town and like, don't let them in the country? No, uh, I could still go to Israel and I could still make babies in Israel. I just can't go to the fertility clinics in Israel. Uh, of course, there's a couple of different ways around it. So uh, what I've done is, um, I just get another guy to walk in with my sperm and say that the sperm is his. And I've gotten uh, gotten away with it that way. I can use fake ID. 
in the end, ultimately, there's only one person in the country that's banned, and that's me. So as long as I just uh, get someone else's ID or someone else to walk in the, the with my sperm, then it, it, it's fine. Well, that's impressive that you got banned from Israel. So congratulations to that. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I would have, uh, I would have, you know, married the woman if that would have helped. Uh, you know, I just was never clear. You know, the Ministry of Health never contacted me and said, "Hey." Uh, we don't like what you're doing. Can we discuss it? You know that, and they just called all the fertility clinics in the country and told them not to allow me to enter or use their clinics. Um, I have a feeling if they would have just reached out to me, I probably could have worked it out with them. The New York State Health Department had an issue with what I was doing when uh, the New York Post uh, printed that article, and uh, they contacted me directly, and I wrote them back a letter, and we were able to clear it up in just a few short emails. Uh, unfortunately, the Israeli Ministry of Health, even though I'm quite easy to reach out to, never took that option. Right. Totally. Right. So I, I wanted to ask you, like, um, I, I know maybe you've, you've lost a few children in miscarriages. Have you have you lost any children like just just, you know, that have been born or, or, or any kind of trauma, trauma or anything like that? Or, or thank God all your kids have been OK. Uh, yeah, obviously, we miscarriages are more common than a lot of uh, women are aware of. So I certainly did lose a lot of women. Uh, a lot of women lost their babies uh, through miscarriage. Um, I did have one child uh, who was born prematurely at 25 weeks uh, because the mother had preeclampsia right. and it was left untreated. Right. Well, five weeks and then ended up uh, dying and needing a, uh, a surgery and it didn't survive. Uh, of course, I, I just gave the mom another child and the second child was uh, healthy. Uh, so she now has a, a healthy two-year-old. Uh, but that was really the only child that I lost. And then I had another um, a woman who uh, uh, had twins, but one of the women, uh, one, of, one of the children, uh, sack ruptured and uh, was born at 27 weeks. So that child still struggles, even though one of the twins came out fine. The other one it, it has an uphill battle that is doing better every day. But other than that, all my uh, other 72 children are, or 71 children rather are uh, happy and healthy. Nice. Wow. Thank God. Amazing. That's good. Yeah. I mean, any kind of like, um, I know there's all, you've done a ton of press so on a little bit of a lighter note than Steven's question. No, I, no, I, 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 <laughs> I um, did, was there any like highlights from all the press you've done and any kind of like fun or funny stories? Like, did you come across like someone who was a complete dick and they just called you out and you stormed off the set or was, was there anything like that happened that was a little bit nuts? I mean, this whole thing's a little is, you know, there's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, I'm sure. So is there did anything come up? Um, you know, you know, a lot of times they're paying for your travel when you do the media. Somehow I've never was able to figure out how to monetize. So what I'm doing, I'm not charging the women, but somehow I was never able to figure out how to somehow translate all my press appearances into any, uh, money. So sometimes they'll cover expenses. Uh, but that's about it. Of course, I'm not getting anything for this podcast and the vast majority of the media, they don't really pay. I think I probably need to join a union or maybe write a book, I think. Yeah, right. um, have you thought about writing a book? I was going to ask that next. Yeah, the is uh, you know, I was I was watching a show yesterday. Uh, what what show is that? Oh, to tell the truth. So I had a great time on that uh, shoot. I flew out to the West Coast and had a friend join me, and we were partying like rock stars all weekend. And then I remember they said, "All right, now be at the uh, at the 
studio at 7 a.m. hosted by Anthony Anderson. It's uh, where you have two guys telling a lie and then me and each of us are sharing our story, pretending that we have a lot of kids. Uh, but, uh, you know, you meet a lot of cast of characters on there because you have all of these, uh, you know, Rubik's Cube masters or all, all sorts of random people. That, uh, yeah. So just the green room was a lot of fun. And then, uh, of course, I had a good experience on Maury. That was a lot of fun. And I, I still today get calls of people who see me on Maury. And it's so bizarre because I'll get a call from the Netherlands saying, oh, I just saw you on Maury. So they watch Maury all over. Wow. Uh, and and it, I, don't, I never really got uh, any money out of any of these appearances to speak of. But, uh, of course, I was able to bring awareness to the different reproductive options that all these women have. And uh, it's helped me grow a lot of families after they see they air an episode. Of course, my phone will get a lot of messages of people reaching out to me. Uh, I'm sure maybe there's someone listening to this podcast who's going to say, wait yeah, a minute, I'm no, a baby. We're going to put then, your, say, wait wait a minute, your right. Let me, uh, let me sign up. We're, we'll put your info out there so people can contact you. Yeah, do, do I mean, it's a little bit of a silly question, but do you do anything for fun? I'm having fun every day. I mean, today I'm going to go visit my kids and it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I mean. But you don't have like a, like a hobby or you're not like, you're not doing any, like this is, it, it, all the kids and in, in this, this takes is a this all time. consuming besides yeah, your work? work. Work and. and well, well, you know, I, I, I'm trying to travel as a hobby. So I'm, I'm traveling all over the world. Um, cool. so like you said, I've been to over a dozen countries this year. So I was in South America, I was in Europe, and I was in I'm going to Africa, and I uh, was in the, the Middle East, uh, all, all just trying to help women grow their families. And uh, it's, it's a whole different way of traveling because, you know, I mentioned before when I came into this uh, 70 grand when I was 17 years old from my motorcycle accident and I traveled, you know, I would land in the airport and then I would have to, you know, make my way into the city and go find a hostel and then go find places to tour. But now when I go to tree, so I'm going to be landing in uh, Zimbabwe, but I'm going to have a woman picking me up from the airport and she's going to be thanking me for coming. And then she's going to take me to her village and she's going to introduce me to people and uh, take me touring and showing me her country and taking me to her favorite restaurants. And then she's going to be sending me on her way. And it's a whole different kind of uh, vacation because, uh, you know, there's nothing like having someone greet you at the airport. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you've done this in many different places. Is there is there any place that like was the strangest place you've ever done this that stands out? Like make his deposit. Yeah. Make your deposit. And of course, have the, you know, have have that deposit done. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Every day. There's strange places. We just had uh, the uh, well, we had the holiday of Sukkah, Sukkot, you know. So uh, I had went to a woman's house and she didn't want to wake up her father because she was living with her father. So she was like, can you just go out to the sukkah and produce the sample there? You know, this is like a hut that Jews build during the holiday of tabernacle. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Yeah. the places are very, very random. So it's really wherever we're meeting. So um, I just got a positive pregnancy test from a woman in Tennessee. uh, And uh, we did it at the... Uh, Museum of Natural History. So it was all amongst the dinosaur bones. And uh, we just threw them and I handed her the sperm and then she ended up getting uh, pregnant that way. Uh, we had tried IUI the month before in Tennessee, but it didn't work. And uh, this time we decided to try on our own and, and it worked. Um, so yeah, you name it. Uh, I've, I've done it in... Uh, if, uh, I just flew out to Georgia. So I did it in the airport. Uh, right. Someone met me as I was flying out. Sometimes when I'm flying in, I had a stopover in Washington, D.C. Um it's on my way to uh, Georgia, not the state, the country, and then someone met me at the airport. So, yeah, a lot of random places. 
Right. It's actually pretty impressive that you can almost ejaculate on demand. And then, I mean, that's that in itself is a talent, right? I mean, I got to imagine, you know, I mean, you take I've the been practicing. I've been practicing since my bar mitzvah, you know, <laughs> I know. I was I'm very, very good at it. Do you eat like, and, do you, uh, is your diet healthy? Do you like work out? Are you lots of asparagus? I mean, I don't know. What no, what is asparagus. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Is your diet healthy? Do yeah. You... Asparagus is good. Asparagus is good. Uh, you got to stay hydrated. I think in the end, ultimately it's really about, uh, you know, obviously if there's two women, I'm more challenging and probably not be as good either. You really want to space out your ejaculations. For example, the woman that I'm going to be meeting in a half hour, she's uh, someone else yesterday. So I told them, listen, let's uh, meet tomorrow. So I try not to ejaculate twice in one day. Uh, that causes a little difficulty. And then also, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you don't have internet if there's a, a dead zone, you know. You can't connect to like the target Wi-Fi, you know, because a lot of times uh, those points. So uh, you need to be able to have data and that makes it a little easier. Otherwise, you have to use your imagination and it just takes a couple more minutes. Well, I, I, well, listen, all right. My hope for you is that you. Uh, but you, uh, you guys are uh, you, 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 you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be an expert to know how to ejaculate. You know? No, 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 no. That, that I think was <laughs> Even yeah. idiots know how to do that. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say you know how to do that. That's going to be our I'm watching porn and. Uh, you know, as long as I have my phone and I got a 5G phone, so now that my porn doesn't buffer and makes it a lot easier. And sometimes I'll try and watch porn that's maybe, you know, similar to. Uh, so I was helping a Russian woman last week. So I Googled Russian lesbians and, you know, whatever the, the woman is that I'm helping, maybe I'll try and watch porn to give me the same similar inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I think I hope that you get like a movie deal or a book deal. I mean, I don't know from us, but from something, because. I actually believe like you're 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 doing this for the right reasons. I mean, you are doing this for the right reasons. Yeah, well, I did I did get approached for a movie deal, but it was a porn movie, and I uh, I really was not so gung ho about maybe doing a porn because I thought it could pose complications with my job as a college professor. But then they started mailing me pictures of the actresses that I I'd, I'd be uh, starring with, and of course it, it made me rethink it. But uh, so far as of yet, I haven't taken any uh, of those movie opportunities. Yeah, well, if you were to have a movie, who who would you want to be cast in your role? Like 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 who is Ari Nagel's cast? Like who 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 would play you? Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt's too old. Oh, it's someone younger. George Clooney. You know, uh, you know who was the original Sperminator? Because uh, that's what people get. That the New York Post gave me the moniker, the Sperminator. But there was someone who was the Sperminator before me. Who was that? In fact, if you Googled Sperminator, he was that. This actor was the one that kept on showing up, uh, but he never called to thank me because now when you Google Sperminator, he's probably on the third or fourth page of results, <laughs> and uh, I'm covering most of the, uh, you know, but. Um, the uh, Terminator uh, knocked up his nanny and had an illegitimate child. So they were calling him the Sterminator oh, for a while. Oh, yeah. see, I thought it was like a Ron Jeremy, but you're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Exactly. Remember, he knocked up his nanny yes. uh, yeah. while he was married and he had that illegitimate child. And then uh, they were calling him the Sperminator. And then, of course, now they call me the Sperminator. So he, he should really thank me, I think, you know. Sure. Yeah, listen, Ari, I think the way you can make money from this is you monetize through merchandise. I can see T-shirts. I mean, you actually, you could have a, a decent, a decent. Um, yeah, but, uh, the, you know, with... nobody really wants a T-shirt with sperm on the T-shirt, you know. Uh, nobody want. I don't even want sperm in my name. You know, I don't want to be called the Sperminator. Wait, who's going to want to buy a T-shirt that, that, that has sperm on it? <laughs> that is true. Fair enough. Good, good point. Point well taken. 
Well, listen, I, uh, we're going to, yeah, I think we're, we wrapped it up. Yeah. I think you, we've learned a lot and we appreciate, really appreciate your time. Um, we'll, um, we'll uh, tag you in all the social media so you can, you know, put it out there. And if anyone needs to contact you, well, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm not really uh, actively recruiting additional clientele. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. for us, it's more just about, you know, being able to, cause when we, when we, when I went into this and Lee went, went into this, we were like, we didn't know what to expect. Cause this is not your traditional path. I mean, I don't think we'll ever meet anyone kind of like you. So, you know, honestly, there's probably a lot of uh, guys that are doing something similar. I mean, you think about the 300 million people in the United States and, you know, you figure 10 percent of them are uh, gay or lesbian, you know. So we, we have millions and millions. Uh, of course, I'm not able to help all of them. So there's guys all over the country that are doing this. I think maybe the only difference would be that, that they're not actively involved in the children's lives. So a lot right. of them are giving over the sperm, but then not really playing a role in fathering them or playing a positive role model in the child's life. But uh, other than that, I think that it's um, there's a lot of guys uh, ejaculating for women all over the yeah. country. I, I mean, do you are you in the Guinness Book of World Record? I mean, is there a world record for this? I mean, because you or, or no, 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 I'm not. But uh, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Mormons that are doing very, very well. Uh, more and that, of course, there's all these China that are having a lot of children. Uh, uh-huh. You name it. Uh, I had a baby. Bo- well, anyway, there's. That, uh, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Maybe if I would have started younger, I, I could have not part. But no, I got a little late start in life, and uh, I don't really want to be doing this much longer. I mean, uh, as much as I enjoy it, uh, in the end, uh, I, I don't think uh, I'm going to be doing this much longer. So uh, I don't think I'll be breaking any Guinness World Records just yet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to like when you have like your, I guess, in like 20 years from now and you have like a group picture of all your children and grandchildren. That's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, well, if all of my kids have as many kids that I had and all of their kids have as many kids as I had, I could have over a half a million great grandchildren. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, it'd be a small state. Thank you so much, Ari. This has been great. Uh, Appreciate your time. Enjoy your drive. Um, I, uh, you know, we we definitely took um, we definitely took, you know, you know, some learn some out of this and, and really your stories next level. So we, we really appreciate your time. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I really if, thank you guys, you. if you guys want, uh, want to sign up as like an unpaid intern. And uh, if I have two women ovulating the same day, maybe you guys could step up to the plate. Uh, I mean, I got to speak to my wife about that. I don't think that's, I don't know <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how happy she, I mean, plus I, I, have, I have five. I have a challenge with my one wife and yeah. three kids. I don't think I can handle it. Anymore. I do my best and my job. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for the offer though. Yeah. Really appreciate <laughs> okay. it. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. So yeah. All right, man. Thanks for the time, bro. Yep. Really appreciate Enjoy it. your day. Thank you. All the best. Happy holidays. Happy new year. Um, and yes. yes. Kwanzaa's coming up. Kwanzaa. Yeah. 26. Yep. Came up already. Oh, oh yes. yeah. I think it's seven days. So it's today yeah. too. Today oh, too. It's in the, we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. Yes. All right. Take care. Ari. All, All right. Best. All the best, man. Thanks. Thank you. Good. Good chatting. Be well. All right. We're, and uh, that was amazing. Ari Nagel. Episode 10, 282 and an expert. Expert Ari Nagel. He Ari. was great. He was great. Wow. I mean, I was, I, again, a blown away by another guest. He was, expert. I mean, I, he didn't really give us anything I didn't know already. I was hoping for some sort of thread I can pull on that was new and interesting. But he covered he covered everything. I, the, what I was impressed by with Ari was that he really is doing this 
in a way. Like you said, oh, do you have any other hobbies? I feel like he's very passionate about this. Like this isn't an act. He's not trying to be gimmicky. I mean, he's not things tra- a little a little bit not for me. It's no, it's just not traditional. Yeah. And it's something that's not what we would consider, I'm air quoting, regular or normal. But to me, it's like he's going at it at a very sort of he's like... He's definitely not a creep. Like no. People, I've seen people say. I, I, you know, it's not for me, but like he Dude, was... Dude, like, like put it this way, Lee. He's not in it for like the sex part of it. No. And he's not in it because he wants to sleep with a bunch of women. No. And he's, I don't think he's in it even for like... Money. The he's, money or the narcissistic money. ego I mean, part maybe. of it. Maybe. I don't think he is. He just Dude, wants to spread his seed. No, I think... Uh, and have as many kids. He wants to help people and have kids. I think he just wants to help people because what I found interesting about it and where the, I think a narcissism, sort of narcissistic way would be, just hear me out on this, mm-hmm. would be you get sued and you're like, I'm done with this. Like, this is crazy. But the fact that he got sued and he's like, well, whatever. I mean, I'm helping people. And they got sued again. And they got sued again. And they, to me, is a sign of here's a guy who, who buys fully into it. Like, he believes I'm not, he's doing the good thing. I am not... Listeners at home, Stephen, I know this is going to be a shock to you. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist. So I am not a psych- psychiatrist. I do not know the definition of narcissism. I don't, I know it's someone, No, no, but I don't think there's, I don't think, I don't know, and I'm, like, I'm saying this because I really believe it. I, I don't think, diagnose this guy. I can't diagnose him either, but I don't think it's a personality disorder. I don't think there's a, I, I can't th- say that. I don't know if that's true. Uh, yes. Neither one of us are psychiatrists. I'm not, I don't, I have no idea. No, but but I think we're gonna have listeners who are gonna be there and be like, "Oh, there's gotta be something wrong with him." Or, and to me, I kind of feel like Ari's mentally, he's a hundred. He gets it. He's like, "Listen, I believe that I'm doing a good thing." And what's the difference between him and the random guy who goes into a sperm bank and just keeps on donating sperm? If anything, that person is doing it and he's getting paid to do it. And so that's true. Good point. Right. He, good point. That person, like Ari, made a great I point. I, yeah, go ahead. Ari's point was. That basically, I could be doing this, right? And there could be a guy out there who has a thousand kids, doesn't even know because his sperm is being used and used and used and used and used. He's like, I'm, I'm actually have a relationship with these kids. Right. I actually go and see them. I so to me, Ari's like more of a mensch. Now who wants to have a relationship with seventy kids? Why would I listen? I, who needs why? No, no. But what I'm saying, why is, have a, you want you want to help people? I get. It. You want to help women who can't have kids? I get it. You want to help kids, women who have no money for fertility because it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand dollars. Get it, right? Why do you want to have relationships with kids? Why? Because, because I think he feels that he's he is. It's his sperm, and the child is definitely his child. And all these children, and these mothers have groups, and the children have brothers and Something. sisters. I don't get it. I get it, and I personally, I think that there are. You don't have a relationship with all five of your kids. No, I do. I love my kids. <laughs> I have nicknames for all of them. I don't know the birth dates, nope. but no, I do. I do. But what I fi- listen, Lee, what I all find, right, I uh, what I am impressed by with Ari, and again, that's why you do not judge a book by his, by a cover and say, "Oh, this is crazy," because to us, it doesn't make sense. But the reason why I look at Ari differently now after speaking with him, completely coherent, completely witty, you look completely, at it differently, uh, completely differently. Really? From the beginning of the conversation to the end of the conversation. Why? Because to me, he was the same on all the interviews. I, I got the no. same vibe. He seemed genuine. And no, no. What I mean is, is that I I created this this narrative. That there has to be something wrong here, uh-huh. right? There. I mean, who has seventy three kids? I mean, that's cr- to me and to you, that is crazy. But then plus fifteen on the way. Plus fifty on the way. So he's gonna have a hundred, whatever, close to hundred kids. That. But then you hear him, and you're like, well, you I mean, eighty eight, eighty eight, whatever the math is. <laughs> but then you sit there and you say to yourself. Wait a second, this makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Like because if he just donated it anonymously, right, and just donated his sperm, he wouldn't know, but now he's actually involved in their lives. I hear you. 
So, you know, you know what? Kudos you know to great? Ari. Kudos to Ari. This has been great. Thank you for your basement and your yep. bathroom. Yep. Very important. Um, um, I didn't have a shower. I used a shower today, but I did use the toilet twice. Um, Maybe you want to go shower. It's 35. <laughs> Not idea. I can go home. I have a water, new water heater. At home. There you go. It's 35 degrees outside and sunny. I mean, you should get changed and hit your bike. I can't. My bike's in the shop being fixed. That's nonsense. You should have it back. Today's a perfect day. I know. Whatever. I'm fine with it. I mean, that was a great conversation. Thank you, Ari Nagel. Thank you, Ari Nagel. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, follow us on social media at Two Idiots Expert. That's the number Two Idiots Expert. Thank you to uh, presenting sponsor Cafe Joe. Uh, thank you to Happy Hearts Boutique. Make sure when you go to Happy Hearts Boutique, mention Two Idiots and get 20% off your order, your first order. Um, I'm going to put Ari's information if anyone wants to reach out to him and ask him questions or need his services. Should I tell you what's great about that? Yeah. Is that, that Ari decides to you know continue this, which I think he will. Right. Um, you and I can now be responsible for some children. Interesting. Indirectly. Interesting. Right. So that would be I mean, two. So I would. I mean, I don't know if Ari can share that with us, but if he gets someone from that from our Marcus, show, from our show, from our show, then then right. the two idiots now have it like a. If you contact Ari and you need a d- deposit, yes. and you need help, and you have fertility issues. By the way, that's something we didn't talk about. What something that you and I can't think we cannot relate to the fertility right. the the fertility issues in women is a very very tough. It personal it's, and very tough. very tough for people to deal with. So that's why I'm impressed I am by that Ari. Em- em- Empathetic to the, the 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 plight of the woman who cannot have children. Yes, it's very very emotional. Very emotional. It's very difficult. People and go through a ton of stuff. Yeah, these women we spend. We really talk about dude, that. Dude, which dude, is true. It's yes, tons no, of money. We talk. Exactly. Yes, these women spend tens of thousands, yeah. if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to get pregnant. So to me, Ari's doing you know a. He's doing a service. He's doing a service. So if you if you reach out to him because of this podcast, yes. good for you. Good for you. Um, mention two idiots. Mention two and idiots. Tell Ari to text us because that yeah. would be really I don't know amazing. if you get a disc you don't get a discount because you don't charge anything. There's no fees. It's just we're doing we're, we're spreading love. Yes. And literally. If, literally. And if in like in a few years this child becomes out because of our podcast. Name this child Stephen Lee. Yeah. Or, or Lee, cops. Or name him cops. Lee and Lee, Stephen Lee. Stephen Lee. That's almost like it's like, no, no, no. Name. name him Stephen Lee or Lee Stephen. Like, give him a middle name. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Um, okay. Anything else you want to cover? No. I think we're, Are we you doing all... okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. I'm going to go take a nap. It's early. Yep. So I'm excited. Uh, have a great week. Um, New Year's Eve. Uh, happy New Year's to everyone. Happy Kwanzaa to everybody. Yep. Uh, enjoy each other's uh, time. Stay safe and uh, make sure you spread love. <laughs> <laughs>